Yeah! Your muse, Slee. Your uh, shining star. Your North Star, Stanley Johnson. in the NBA. Has been moved to the Utah Jazz. You okay? You look good. You're, you're excited about Patrick Beverly. You've moved I'll on be already? I'll in Utah next week for Stanley Johnson's <laughs> presser. I will literally be in Utah next week. Oh, you will. That's true. You will. You got a little vacay coming your way, and uh, you you should. You should just swing by and do one of uh, like a YouTube or something. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. kind of knock it out. A little Twitter, a live stream for Twitter. Did we just finally get something to happen in the NBA. Were you conflicted when it when it went down because Stanley was in the deal? Were you a little like, I mean, no, I wasn't. Bring, bring. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> sure, is because Morales just created. He could have picked any player on the Lakers. He went with Stanley, so that was his guy the entire time. I mean, would I have liked to keep a wing player just because they're so thin with wing players? Yes, but I was okay with uh, seeing Stanley go. Yeah, it, I mean, you're right. There finally was some action yesterday. There, there finally been, was. been action in two months. No, it's been, been abnormally quiet. That Usually the NBA offseason is yeah. pretty active. The guys are moving around and deals are being made, and at least one big-name player will usually go to a different place. And that really – am I forgetting something? I guess Rudy no. Gobert, does that qualify? It does, but it was so early on. But the one thing that we were sort of looking forward to last week – when they're going to release the schedule, and yeah. you're like, well, they play the same teams every year. I'm like, well, <laughs> way to rain on that parade, buddy. Well, they do. <laughs> it was a good point. No one's arguing that it wasn't a good yeah, point. Yeah, it was accurate, if yeah. nothing else, right? Maybe I could have played. I, I mean, who they play on Christmas, and, and yeah. although I was more curious about your like, schedule than anything else. You're like, let me guess, Sacramento four <laughs> times this year? Boston twice. Nailed it. Knicks twice. Toronto twice. Atlanta twice. Orlando twice. Miami twice. Cleveland twice. When you did that, Indiana twice. I was like, like, why am I even going to look at the schedule? Travis just yeah, but you don't. But you don't know hopes. the order, Slee. You don't know You're the not. order. You don't know when the nice long break in the schedule is going to come up. By the way, I, uh, you didn't take me up in time that Saturday that I offered to do. It's gone. I, uh, you're on your own. You're gonna have to. You're only get. You, you had a chance to get six days off. Now you're only gonna get the four. Reach out to A Martinez. <laughs> go, go ahead. See, <laughs> see if he'll do it for you because I'm not your guy. I just, I've decided to rescind it. How you feeling today? Feeling good, man. Feeling yeah, good. It's funny. Uh, Driving in this morning and listening to some of the shows. Kelman was actually doing a show or doing his show, but uh, Keyshawn and Jay Will weren't there. And they're taking calls and talking Lakers, everything else. It's it's funny the attention this team gets when there's nothing to talk about. And then the moment that they do something even remotely small, and there's still got to be, you know, we'll see what eventually happens. But damn, did it just take over. It was like the Lakers last night to Lakers to today. And obviously that will last for a little bit. But how quick everyone's like, okay, hey, we got something to talk about with the Lakers. We, we can say this out loud because we're in Los Angeles and really who cares what anyone else thinks. Yeah. But look, I don't care if it's the NBA. The, the NFL, I'm going to slide that over there. It's its own thing. It's it's King Kong. The, the NFL, all, all the rules that I'm about to lay out for you, Slee, do not apply to the NFL. There are five teams in baseball that matter. There are five teams in the NBA that matter. The, 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 this is the truth. Mm. So that the Lakers do something, even if it's, you know, with all due respect to Pat Beverly, a, a relatively low-level maneuver, right? That This is not a, uh, Anthony Davis or Russell they Westbrook. They DeMar DeRozan <laughs> right, in. Or, yeah. Right, yeah. He's a, a, a hard-nosed role player who plays even all those sorts of role things. Role player. He, he's that guy. Yeah. That is huge news, whereas if the Clippers or the Kings or one of these other teams decides uh, to do it. 
I did it on purpose today. No way. I 100% did. I was waiting for it to go off one time so you could say, hey, that thing's on because I know you hate it, so I left it on for today. But look, there are five teams that matter. There's five teams that matter in college football. There's five teams that mm-hmm. matter in the NBA. There's five teams that matter in Major League Baseball. And while you may say, oh, my team doesn't get any coverage, it's because you're – you're a background actor in this thing. You're an extra. You're there so we have 82 games to play. And once in a while, you might get a good player. Yeah. And once in a while, you might make a little bit of a run. There are five. You could maybe convince me that there are seven or eight teams that matter. Of course, the Lakers are going to get more attention. Well, what's funny is it doesn't even mean that one of those five teams have to be good. No, it, it quite frankly doesn't. The Knicks are always important, and the say, Knicks are dreadful. I was going to say the Knicks are talked about as if yeah. they're on their way to their third straight championship, <laughs> yet we just have to watch them again on Christmas Day, and I keep wondering, why are they on national TV? And I'm, I'm using that as an example. That's one example. Every sport, how many years have the Cowboys been, should be irrelevant, but are still relevant, um, but that just kind of takes us to how quick a little bit of news in the NBA that's tailored around the Lakers, and it was, hey, stop everything you're doing. The Lakers just made a move. So do you like it? I mean, do you, are you excited? Are the Lakers better? Are the Lakers a more formidable opponent mm-hmm. than they were 24 hours ago? Because they're they're more interesting for sure. Yeah. If nothing else, mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly is interesting. Right, he's kind of on the edge. He does crazy stuff. He gets in people's faces. He says wild things. You know, he went on was a first take, and he went kind of did the car wash at ESPN. He was yeah. he was firing stuff out left and right, and, and generated a great deal of it. He's very very good at getting people to talk about a role player. It's a it's a skill, mm. and he's very very good at that skill. But are the Lakers? If they were uh, making something up, if yeah. they were the yeah. what did Vegas have nine? Vegas had them ninth in the okay. Western Conference. So if they were the ninth most, yeah. if they were the ninth best team in the Western Conference yesterday, are they eighth? Are they still ninth? Are they are they any better than they were 24 hours ago? I mean, they're more interesting, but I'm not so sure they're any better. So this is um, kind of give my thoughts on on the big picture of this all. Here's a reality for the Lakers. Last season, it was just an absolute disaster. And uh, the foundation of that disaster was that Anthony Davis played less than half of the games. So mm-hmm. that's number one. So are they a better team this upcoming season? Well, that's going to be up to Anthony Davis and if Anthony Davis available if, and, and if he's not. What the Lakers didn't have last year, they didn't have, as you like to call or people like to call in sports, do you have a dog on your team? Mm-hmm. Do you have somebody on your team that is willing to do what other players are not willing to do? Do you have a guy? Do you have a guy on your team that's willing to uh, say, you know what? I don't care the wrong who it type is. Of dog, Taylor. That's like a Chihuahua. That's like a we don't want Shizu. that. Dog. Oh, that's yeah, like we don't you, want that. Dog. You want a Doberman? You yeah. want a German Shepherd? You want yeah. a pit bull? You want woo woo? That's what you, know, you want. Yip, 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 yip. No, that don't want. I think he chose is, it specifically. What <laughs> you don't what want is rookie. Though. You don't want a golden retriever that barks loud, but the moment anything comes towards him, he's gone. Yeah, he's out. He's out. Lakers didn't have a player like that last year. So, Talon Horton Tucker is a nice young player. I never understood, and I've, I've mentioned this a couple times, I never really understood the the THT piece for the Lakers. Remember when Les Snead was talking about where are you in your window? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to win right now, or are you rebuilding? To me, THT seemed like a player that is nice for a Utah Jazz team that might be rebuilding and he's only 21 years old and in four or five years you could develop a nice player out of THT he didn't make sense he didn't make sense to pick THT potentially over an Alex Caruso because Caruso was the last dog that you felt like you had on this team 
Caruso was the last player that you felt like, I'll go pick up anybody you want on the defensive end. I might even bother somebody, whether it's on purpose or it's not, but I'm just trying to win basketball games. So to answer your question, what they gave up, today it's not that important. What they got in return in Pat Beverly, he's 34, so it's not like he's 30 years old, not like he's 31. There, there might be a little risk there, but I think for the Lakers, it's no question about it worth the risk based on where they are, what they're trying to do, and not having a player like that. Here, here's the two possible sides to this coin. Side A is they needed someone with some grit and some bleep it. They needed somebody that will challenge not only the opponent, but maybe some guys on oh, his no, own team. 100%. You need some guys that are going to call out. Inside that locker may, room. Maybe a guy who is perceived as kind of not the most strong-willed guy in the world. I don't know. Maybe Anthony Davis. Maybe he gets into him a little bit of practice, and that helps Anthony Davis. And then that translates to the court, and the Lakers are a better team moving forward. That's the one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is they got another aging player who really isn't very good. That's the other side. Time will tell because last year it's like, hey, you know, Carmelo looked pretty good in this role. Maybe he can do it. Hey, Dwight was good two years ago in this role. Let's bring him back. Maybe that'll happen, whether it's Trevor Ariza or any of these aging players, DeAndre Jordan. Hey, they were able to do that. Maybe they can – and none of it really worked out in in any meaningful way. Some other guys had some – but it was, hey, we just got a bunch of old dudes who were good a long time ago. Patrick Beverly could fall on either side of that coin. I, I don't know. We, none of us will know until we get him out there and see what it is. But there is a very real possibility that this is another aging player who's very good at getting attention, but isn't necessarily the difference between them being a, an 8, 9, 10 seed and maybe moving them up into a seed where, hey, you know, we're going to win a lot more games than we lose. We might get a home court advantage. We might, send, we might uh, catch somebody in the playoffs. And if everything breaks right, we got a chance to compete for a Western Conference championship. I don't, I, I don't know if that is any more likely with him on the roster today. I don't know if there's a move like that that exists, period. Yeah. Right? So I, I think the... In a perfect world, we were talking about TH, or we were talking about Patrick Beverly. Once he got traded, he was part of the Gobert trade. Once he got traded to the Jazz, and then there's just this spotlight on, is Utah just going to completely rebuild? Part of the hope was you might be able to get Pat Bev in a buyout. If you're able to get Pat Bev in a buyout, now all of a sudden you can keep THT and maybe trade him for somebody else down the road. That idea on the concept is, I think, what most Laker fans are hoping for. Jazz, smart, no, give us the 21-year-old Talonhorn Tucker. We'll take our chances with that project. And Patrick Beverly is probably not going to be on their roster anyways, 34 years old, final year of his contract. So I think for the Jazz, it's it's a no-brainer for them. What you just described is, does Pat Bev make you – do you now go from a ninth to a seventh seed? Do you now go from you're in the playing tournament to you're out of the playing tournament? Probably not. But I'll tell you what, I don't know if there's a move out there other than if you traded Russ and got a couple more role players and now you're trying to take these role players and making them into an actual team, that might be the difference. Today I'm happier with the roster than I was yesterday because I'm a fan of Pat Bev. Um, and I'll take my chances with Pat Bev over a 21-year-old THT. Okay, so that that's one way to look at it. And then there's this way to look at it, which is I want to get into on the other side. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this up with a tweet. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. I want to hear from you on the phone, 877-710-3776. This is from Only Foos. says, so we decided to keep THT over Caruso, and then we let THT go anyway. you got to love this management. 
that is a very fair point that you decided this is the guy that we have to keep. This is the guy we're giving money. And then one year later, you've already changed tack all over again. That is not good. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I feel like this is for you. It's got a little Laker action. Yeah. You've got your guy, Patrick Beverly, despite the fact that your um, Stanley Johnson love affair has now ended, you know, before it really even got a chance to bloom into a, a, a meaningful relationship. But, you know, Patrick Beverly's think, here for you. I actually think. Morales is more hurt that Stanley's gone than <laughs> Oh, there's no question. There's no doubt. Look, there'll be somebody else, whether it's Austin Reeves or Kendrick Nunn, or there'll, there'll be there'll be somebody else Take that Wenyan. we can be. I want Wenyan. Wenyan Gabriel's a great yeah, choice too. Wenyan. No, you can absolutely do that. All right, I'm gonna lay out. Get get ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow all your socks off with this analogy here. It's it's food related. Okay? Read, read, read back read back that tweet because I, I just kind of circled back yeah. here. This is from uh, Only Foos who says so. We decide to keep THT over Caruso and then let THT go anyway. Gotta love this management. Okay, um, I think this, for me, Travis speaking here, mm-hmm. this is my number one criticism of the Lakers, that the, the Lakers' vision seems to be LeBron James and then let's just kind of figure it out from there, right? And then they're not saying it's LeBron James and this is how we're going to build around LeBron James. This is how we're going to build around LeBron James in the, the, the present and the future. That they're constantly changing tack. That if I opened a restaurant, okay, okay. and I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sell sandwiches. We're going to be a sandwich shop. This, this is what we're going to do. We're going to open a sandwich shop. And then after a couple of weeks, I said, you know what? We're going to sell Chinese food this week. And I'm still the chef. I'm I'm still here. But now I'm good. Eh, you know that 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 week good so far. Yeah, Taylor, that, that was kind of a fan, to be honest. That with week you. didn't work out. So I didn't sell as much uh, kung pao chicken as I would have liked. Um, but the beef and broccoli you know, but the, killed the, the, it. Beef and broccoli wasn't moving at all. You know what? Middle Eastern food. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? That's not really. I, I really don't know what I'm doing with Middle Eastern food. But I'm keeping the kung pao chicken on the menu because that's the one thing that I sold. And then two weeks later, I'm saying, you know, we're gonna get rid of kung pao chicken. The one thing that that, that club sandwich that we sold a couple of weeks ago that's now selling really well in Chicago. Um, yeah, we never wanted that. There's no vision. There's no. We're going to go like this. It seems like all right. Let's turn left. That left didn't work. Go right. As opposed to, no, guys, we want to be over here to the left. This is where we want to be. This is the right spot for us. We're going to go over there. We might have a bump or two along the road, but this is the vision of the team. I think that's what only Foos is getting at, and that's how I feel. This constant changing of course. Obviously, LeBron, hey, get Russell Westbrook. Okay, that doesn't work. Get him out of here. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, let me let me try to... Let's say I had an Indian restaurant. Okay, I don't have... You, you already did the analogies for the restaurants. <laughs> I'm not going to top that. Um, is it safe to say that when they when they gave Taylor Horn Tucker a three year deal for thirty million dollars, is it safe to say that that was a mistake? Yes. Okay. So your analogy that you're using right now, 
if you already know that you've made a mistake, and I don't think there are many Laker fans out there, and I'm sure there's management out there proven by yesterday's trade, that agree, you know what, we shouldn't have gave THT a three-year, $30 million deal. He should not have been last year the fourth highest paid player on this team behind LeBron, AD, Russ, and then it's THT where Mm -hmm. you have X amount of finances going towards. I think think everyone would agree that it should have been Alex Caruso – it's a no-brainer it should have been Alex Caruso. And every time, last year, we watched Alex Caruso on the Chicago Bulls. We're like, what the hell is he doing on that team? He's a freaking Laker. That guy's supposed to be on the Lakers. THT didn't work out. That's not to say that THT can't be a good, solid role player in the NBA over the next few years. He's only 21 years old. I don't know what he's going to be by the time he's 25, 26, 28, whatever the case is. But to use your analogy... What you're saying is, what are you? What's your identity, right? They made a mistake with THT. I'd rather them, I'd rather see them make the mistake with THT and then decide that's not the right strategy. Let's go with something that we think makes more sense today. Mm-hmm. So do they have I, – I think I have an idea of what their identity is. Do I think they've made mistakes along the process? No question about it. But why hold what's, on to THT? What's their identity? Identities try to win a – Compete right now with okay, LeBron James and Anthony I, Davis. I understand that. And everything but, else doesn't matter. But it does. That's the point. It, everything else does matter. A couple I, years ago, did it matter? Yeah, because they had the right guys that were around them. They had KCP. You had Alex and AD Caruso. Played. You had AD played for sure. You had a JaVale McGee. You had a roster of guys that fit together really well with what you had. AD and LeBron are obviously the most important parts of that. It goes without saying. But it absolutely matters what else is around the rest of that team. I think that we've we've learned over the last two years that it's vitally important what else is around there. And had it just been, hey, listen, we had a call between THT and Alex Caruso. We missed it. Happens. We missed it. We're gonna we're not gonna double down on a mistake. We're gonna fix it. We're gonna move on from him. And if we could do it over again, we'd do it differently. But it's not just that. It is a series of misses along the way. It is a series of decisions that have not worked where you immediately had to turn around and try to fix it in in the short term. If it were just, look, not every move the Dodgers have made have worked out. They've had some misses along the way as well, right? Everybody does. But the majority of them aren't misses. There are things, and, and the misses that they have aren't setting them back further. And then, okay, we missed again. Now we're further back. Now we missed again. Now we're further back from the further back. That there are minor misses that you can course correct along the way. And the Dodgers never course correct from left to right. They might go from left to slightly less left, but it's never just back to the other direction. And they go left, right, up, it, down, north, south, east, west. It's there. There's no cohesiveness other than what you're saying about LeBron and Anthony Davis, which I get that's the – that's your North Star, as it should. But what else is on there absolutely matters. So what should they have done then with THT? I don't I, think I, that th- that that is that is not the point, that do something different with THT. The point is all of the decisions you're yep. making are just all over the map. There does not seem to be any vision here. There seems to be a series of disconnected decisions that are leading nowhere. I don't think you're wrong on on – that portion of it, but I think just what happened in the last 12, 14, 16 hours, I think is the right move. That's not to say that they have not made other mistakes. That's not to say that you already screwed up. Remember, but this remember, is, I got 12 holes in my boat and I got the biggest one. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to patch that hole. Boat's still but, sinking. But, but what else are they supposed to do? 
Like based on what well, they have, based the, on what the, they the have. The answer is scuttle the boat and build a new one. Based on what that's they have. That's the answer. That's kind of the only move that they can make. That, the hopeless Pat Beverly you can get in the buyout market, use THC somewhere else. But I think this actually goes more along what their identity is, not going to go get a 21-year-old, give him a three-year deal, and depend on this guy to actually have impact in a season. Let's go to Don in Los Angeles. Don, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Don? Oh, man, great show. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the topic and the discussion. You know, uh, the identity, I wish we'd get back to the identity that they actually won a championship with LeBron and AD. They were a defensive-minded team. Vogel was doing a good job, and they counted on most of the offense from LeBron and AD, but they had a bunch of defensive-minded good role players. Uh, I think if we go in that direction, that's that's the identity we should have. You know, uh, the other thing that they were mentioning, that's a goal. You know, we're going for a championship. And mentioning the Dodgers, you know, Friedman, you know, the, the, uh, the, you know, the big brain over there, he's an arbitrager. What he mm-hmm. does across the board, he's always trading up, even if it's only to increase by 1% or 2%. You know, uh, they even wrote that book about him called The Extra 2%, and uh, when he was in Tampa Bay in baseball. And so we need that kind of mentality, I think, in, in the Lakers, just when no matter what you do across the board, know what kind of a team you're trying to build, hopefully defensive-minded first, and just keep trading up, keep trading up. And you'll accumulate so many marginal advantages, they end up being a big thing. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, Don, I think a couple of things here. Number one, congratulations to you for being the first person ever to successfully use the word arbitrager on the Travis and Sliwa show. Good job. You've made us, uh, like you're talking about, you've made us 1% or 2% smarter by dropping that in there. Good job by you. Um, and you're right. that That is a, a very good description of what they're doing. But I want to go back to what Don said at the beginning of his call, Al, which is, Go back to 2020, the Lakers had an identity. They had LeBron and AD. They absolutely did, and he laid it out really no, well. Those role players were key, of they, course. And they ha- they were a defense. They had LeBron James and AD, mm-hmm. so they're going to score, and they're going to do that. They were the, you, you probably know, they were either the first or second best defensive team in the league. I forget if they were one or two, but they were either one or two. They had an identity. They got stops. We have two lights-out, Hall of Fame caliber offensive players but we're going to bust ass defensively. And I got six or seven or eight other guys that I can rotate in and out of those other three spots Mm -hmm. that know exactly what we need from them, that have identities, whether it's Alex Caruso, whether it's KCP, whether it's JaVale McGee, even Dwight Howard. All of these guys knew exactly what they were supposed to do on this team. That's an identity. They don't have one right now. What they have is an aging star in LeBron James. They have a, an injury-prone second star in Anthony Davis. They have a a third player, which is probably a former star who doesn't realize he's a former star, who doesn't seem to want to fit into any particular role that they need from him other than the one that he's played his entire career. And then some dudes. That That's not an identity. And Patrick Beverly gives them another character in the movie. He's a hard-nosed guy. He's a tough guy. He does, you know, he shoots the three reasonably well. He plays defense. He chirps a lot. But I, mean, it, it, I still don't know what the Lakers are. They're still kind of all over the map. And if they turned around tomorrow and did something totally different, I wouldn't be surprised again. They, um, and I don't think that was the case before the Pat Bev move happened. And I don't think, you know, I think bringing in Pat Bev, like I said, I, I'm, I think they need a player like that. Do I think they're going to go from a number nine seed to a number five seed? No, I don't. 
And I don't know if there's a move like that that's going to make that kind of significance unless they traded Russ, got some right role players, something along those lines. Um, but that that's where, compared to where they were at least 12 hours ago, I'd rather have Pat Bev, Pat Bev on my team than not have him. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. we got a lot of people sleep that want to weigh in. Patrick Beverly is a Laker. Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson are now members of the Utah Jazz. And it what, what did it take? Five seconds for people to bring up the history of, of Russell Westbrook and oh, yeah. uh, Patrick Beverly. And there is some. I mean, th- th- this is this is the one that I saw the most often. This is Russell Westbrook um, talking about Patrick Beverly after uh, James Harden put 47 on, on, on a Patrick Beverly-led defense. Pat Bev trick y'all, man. Like, he played defense. He don't guard nobody, man. Just running around doing nothing. As you've seen, what happened, 47. All that commotion to get 47. So, by the way, that's pretty funny. That he tricks y'all is great. That he just runs around and does nothing. You saw what happened, 47. It's pretty good. <laughs> you know, like it just just as pure destruction of the myth. Oh, they got that's, history. That's pretty good. Well, here's Patrick Beverly saying things about Russell Westbrook. That's actually the first time we, uh, we've exchanged words this uh you know, this postseason, but uh, he's a really good player. He uh, applies a lot of pressure just due to his athleticism and his, his creating ability. But now it shocked me because he said he looked up and said, no, what can garbage? You know, I got 40 points. I'm like, that's nice. He took 34 shots to get it. I mean, no, I'm not trying to, I'm not up here trying to bash anybody, but, you know, men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't. <laughs> okay. That's one of those, yeah, you got 40, but you took 34 shots to get it. Man lie, women lie, but stats don't. <laughs> Really well done. <laughs> these are these are very compelling. Let me say terrible thing about you moments. If we can get those type of <laughs> quotes during the season, damn, we got some good content coming. I think I give in in that brief exchange right Who there. Wins? Who Russ, wins? Russ, right? I I think that that that's better than he's he's tricking y'all. Is really good. He's running around out there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Is really good. You saw what happened. Forty-seven. I think Pat That's Bev wins. Incredible. I think Bev wins because nobody's expecting him to put up that many points. His contract <laughs> doesn't represent the contract that Russ is getting. As in, Pat Beverly is he is who he is. So yeah, Russ, but he, that, who he says he is is I'm a lockdown defender, and he's like, no, forty-seven. He's talking about his teammates. I'm talking about himself. I get it, but tricks y'all. I get it, but Russ is making Pat Bev sound like he's really he's a role player. Russ is a <laughs> Hall of Fame superstar, like. Pat Beverly has figured out a way to get up on that level in <laughs> yeah. the conversation we'll for the press shoot conference. Up. The, 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 where Patrick Beverly wins is it, you, you shoot at guys ahead of you, right? Never never shoot down the hill. Never shoot behind you in the line. Shoot up, right? That Local local people, they go at Howard Stern, right? Mm. Howard Stern, well, he, that's a bad example because he does. But you get the idea, right? Um, that, that Oh, how's this going to work? I'll tell you exactly how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Do you know how many teammates probably hate each other? Quite a few. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many teammates just don't kind of get on the same page and jive? Quite a few. Do you know how often they play together? All the time. Barry Bonds and Jeff Kent hated each other's guts. That worked out okay. These guys are both pretty good players. It's fine that when you put on the same uniform, when you go out there for that two and a half hours of an NBA game, three hours of a baseball game, three hours of a football game, I don't have to be your best friend. I just need to throw that block. I need to pass you the ball. I need to set that screen. That's it. It'll be 100% fine. Some guy had put out a, some guy put out a tweet. I'm going to try to find this here real quick. Some guy put out a tweet basically saying that he's kind of sick of the conversation 
about how Russ always gets think about how much Russ gets from a perspective of yeah, negative uh, conversation, negative energy, whatever it is. And Bron had responded. I'm going to read this off. Somebody had tagged us on it. Can't wait for him to go off this season. He's talking about Russ. Pat Bev responded on that one. Same, it's on. I, I, I actually thought, once I saw the deal go down yesterday, and we'll see what the Lakers end up doing. Maybe this is a roster that they have by the time training camp starts. But I thought there was maybe a little bit of hope here that they can still move Russ. That maybe now, because KD, you know you're not getting Kyrie, maybe moves will start happening in the NBA. Everybody can kind of go to plan B, plan C, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. I Listen, I'm not concerned of if Russ and Patrick Beverly can play together. I'm more concerned is do we have a good team or not? And I, well, I, doesn't I would, one and mean I would, something for the other? If they can't, then you're not going to have a good team. They have to. I would rather obviously ship away Russ. He goes somewhere else, sure. and you get a couple of role players. And those role players don't have to be big time names, but you'd almost want to take your chance on that. One other thing I want to point out: yeah, but if they if they're trying to kill each other every day of practice, that's a problem. They, they won't. They have to get along. Yeah. They have to. It's there's Both no the, other option. Let me kind of point this out too. Both of those guys are on expiring contracts. This is it. So if you're going to get another contract in the league or get any contract of significance, it's an important season for both of these guys. So it would be stupid for them not to do so. One one other thing to point out, when that schedule came out a week ago, a week and a half ago, and it said Lakers-Clippers, game two of the season. And Pat Bev, I don't know if you remember this, Pat Bev put the uh, praying emoji, right? Okay. The hands um, praying. And it was something to the effect of like, Getting, I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't read into it. I'm like, what is he talking about? Is he praying to be on the Clippers? Is he praying to be on the Lakers? I didn't understand what he was you know, referring to. Somebody had mentioned this on Twitter, which I think is a good point, too. Think about Pat Bev. Think about his history with the Clippers. He was such a key, not a key player as in he's putting up 25 points, but he was a key piece to that team as a role player. They shipped him off. And when he got a chance in Minnesota to go play him, I think it's going to add a little allure to the Lakers and the Clippers that we didn't have 12, 14 hours ago. Let's try Noah in Studio City. Noah, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Noah? Hey, guys. Um, wow. You know that moment uh, that people talk about when they go, when you do something wrong and you're worried about what your parents are going to think, and they go, that classic line, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. That's That's really how I feel about this. I'm like, who is in charge of this team? You were talking about vision, and it's like, if there's going to be a vision, someone has to have it. Who is calling the shots? Is it Genie? Is it Rob Lowe's evil twin? Is it Clutch? Is it LeBron? Because like what you were saying, Travis, is 100% true. It seems like every half an hour, these guys just reach in a different direction, and there's just no continuity to it. You can't come to the NBA every season and try to put a new roster together. It's literally, it's never going to work. And if their big move, it's like the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So what do they do? They go out, they get another aging guy who's a bit of a head case. And that whole beef that Westbrook and Beverly had, they're both right. They were both, two crazy guys were both right about what they were saying about each other. That's pretty funny, by the way. No, I I want to jump in there because I don't want to lose the thought. You you say it's never going to work. 
That's not true. It works. It just doesn't work a lot. It, it, every once in a while, look, the Rams just kind of went for it, and it worked. The Lakers two years ago in the bubble, yeah, I guess that's two years ago, it worked, right? They, but they they built a team. It wasn't just that you went and found a collection of stars or names. They built a team and had some stars along the way that they added to it. Um, the What I described and what you were agreeing with, that's my fear. As a Laker fan, my fear is, is that there isn't a through line to this. There's a through line to the Dodgers. There's a through line to the Rams. There's a through line to the teams, the Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks. There, there are these teams that win. There is a clear, this is how, even a team that's not been terribly successful in the last couple of years, but they have a vision of how they do things, and they've had peaks. In, Oklahoma City has a through line of how they do things. You know, they're in a smaller market. They have to do it a little different. They hoard draft picks. They they take some swings in the draft. Those they have 60 guys, and right? a couple but of them hit, you rebuild. vision, yeah. right? It yeah. is a vision. Pat, Pat Riley in Miami, there's a through line mm-hmm. in how they do things right there. I, I, I Other than... Let's try to win a championship. Well, yeah, I get it. That that's a, that's a that's a goal, but that's not a, a plan on how to do it. That's just, hey, I want to have the, I, I want to win the championship. Well, so do the other twenty nine teams. But how do you plan on doing it? Is it is this plan today going to be the same plan tomorrow, or is it going to be one hundred and eighty degrees in the opposite direction? That as a Laker fan, that's the part that scares me is that they're so scattershot and helter skelter in the way that they go about putting these rosters together that I don't know if there is a through line. I really don't think that there is. I, I can't argue the last couple of years for Rob Palenka in the front office. I can't argue. It's very difficult to make the case that what they're doing, it looks clear and obvious, and you know where they're going to be tomorrow, and you know where they're going to be in three years, and you know where they're going to be in five years. I can't argue that because I don't know. I really don't. When, when LeBron's contract is done in but two now, that's five. I'm talking about this let, season. Let, let, me, let me explain. So – in two years when Braun's contract is done, and let's see what he does with that player option, I can't tell you what the vision's going to be. I can't, because I genuinely am not sure what that vision's going to be. If you look at just this season coming up, the Pat Beverly trade I think makes them better. I'm a fan of that trade. But if, if the argument is, well, a couple of years ago they did this, and I don't know what they're going to do in a couple of years, that's tough to argue. Because... They have made mistakes. They have let players go that they should have kept. They have signed players that were way past their prime and became uh, were no longer impactful. And the foundation of it all, and I think this is – I don't want to use this as a cop-out. Ultimately, it's going to come down to this. AD, you playing 70 games or not? If you're not playing 70 I, games, I there is no that. conversation. I, I agree with the Anthony Davis component of that. That, that I think, is spot on. But let's win – is not a vision. It's a goal. It's not a vision. It's a it's a it's a result that you hope happens. And this move does not make them more likely to win now. It might make them what were they marginally supposed to do? better. What, so what, no, what no, were they supposed on. to do here? That, there isn't a fix now. That's my whole point. Mm-hmm. They're they're in a position where there is no fix in the short term. The series of weird decisions have led them to this point where there's no way out in the short term. The only way out is a long-term fix, and that's where the vision comes in. If the vision is to win now and you're just kind of shuffling you know, the seventh or eighth player on your team, your sixth or seventh, then shuffle away. It's fine. It's not going to make any difference. The goal is win now. But how? By at 
adding Patrick Pitt, and, and it's not just that I don't like that. I don't think it really makes him any worse. I don't know if it makes him that much better. I think they're kind of where they were before the trade. I don't think they got any better. I don't think they got any worse. I think it's kind of a, 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 a superficial move. I think they move. got better with him, but I don't think it's a significant thing which what but you're my, referring my point to. They're not going from ninth to fifth. They, they are in the middle of the woods, and they're lost, and they don't know how to get out. That's the problem. And they, the goal is get out of the woods. Winch, okay, how? How? You're you're turned around. I don't know which way is up. That's the problem. There is no, well, if we chop down this tree, we'll get it. Okay, that's one. How are you going to get out of here? He's and, and that's the point that is so, as a Laker I'm fan. inviting him to a party. Is so, it's not a party. I want them yeah. to win. Buzzkill. It is a buzzkill. This is, this a is the point. A couple beers deep. I thought everything was fine. No, this is the point. You're Al. asking me now. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting a breathalyzer <laughs> at a party. I'm not even driving. Look. You can think that Patrick Beverly is a great move. That's fine. And I know that's not what you're saying. But what I'm saying is this is the latest example of a series of decisions that have led them to a point where there's no way out. That's scary. Now you can go have your breathalyzer. <laughs> now you can go do it. I'm leaving the party. Yeah, well, I mean, going somewhere this else. may be a party you want to leave. That's my point. This may be a party like, you know, let's throw another party in three years and see what that party looks like. That might be a more fun well, party. The, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually compliment to go off of something that you just said. And we said this about Palenka going into the offseason. It's a critical offseason for him. What is he going to do? How is he going to get this team back in competition? Are you in the worst place possible in sports? You're not good enough to compete. You're not bad enough to rebuild. You're kind of sitting in the middle, and that's where the Lakers are. I can like the move of Pat Beverly, which I do. The other thing, too, to keep in mind, Pat Bev's on expiring contract, which means you, you got probably 30-plus million to go after somebody next offseason, which I think is part of the part of what they were trying to look, do to get rid of THT. That, that's the most interesting thing about if that hey look, let's get another expensive contract that's gonna be off the books in a year. That's vision. But that goes away if you trade Russ and well, you bring in two but, contracts but I mean. of there yeah. you go, right? That the, if the move was, hey, look, this might help us incrementally in the short term great if it does it does but hey look this allows us to be really flexible a year from now and go get vision. a big time free agent that's or vision that's mm -hmm. not just hey what can we do today to fix tomorrow that's what can we do today to fix the next months and years did you fix the leak i did well i got it to stop leaking yeah. i didn't fix the leak mm -hmm. i i had to talk to my neighbors yesterday real drag <laughs> real drag but he was very very helpful so maybe i'll have to talk to him still a, a drag or the fact that he helped you did it change everything? No, no, I just don't. It, I'll explain. I, I'll explain. It was uh, it was a long conversation. Hey, did you see? Coming up next, it's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Did I get a ride? Did I pronounce a rise correctly? Yeah, you did, Travis. Thank you. Because it doesn't just enjoy my beer. It doesn't look like a rise. It looks like Arizes. Arizes or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know how much you guys talked about the Kings and the Twins before meeting me. <laughs> they're, they're my go-tos now. Yeah. Look, I like to Every throw in I used to do a podcast with Stoyakovich. <laughs> <laughs> the Pasha and Slee show? Yeah. I remember listening to that. It was good. Remember, remember when that was at its height, Doug Christie and Rick Fox in a preseason game? They traded And then Mrs. Christie got involved, right? Okay. They, tra they traded well, hands. Rick didn't trade many hands. He just got punched in the face. <laughs> well, Christie <laughs> took traded a cheap faces. shot. Okay, yeah. listen, if we got to do a whole segment at 11 about Christie's cheap shot on Rick Fox, we'll do it. And then how about Shaq? Running into the tunnel way. Remember, was yeah, it Rick Fox was trying to? Track, uh, Shaq was injured, and he yeah. Fox was trying to catch up with him in the tunnel way. Yeah. Oh, there's a rivalry, bro. For Still sure. brewing.
No, it's not. No, they're they are the ultimate extras in the yeah, NBA no, sitcom, right. right? They they are the they're the guy that there might be studio audience. They might not even be extras. They don't even appear on camera. Sorry, you see the applause and the Kings are <laughs> clapping. A Doug Christie reference to start out the day. It's there you success. go. Okay, did you see that even though the legal drinking age is 21, individuals from the age of 12 to 20 account for 11% of all alcohol consumed in the U.S.? So, this is the age I think most 12 kids... 12 to 20? Yeah. It's alarming. Oh, my gosh. So, this is the age that I think a lot of kids pretend that beer tastes good. So, Slee, what alcohol do you think people only pretend to like? Uh, I'm trying to think here between vodka and tequila. People take tequila shots and say, oh, it was awesome. I'm like, what was awesome about it? My chest is burning. I don't find any of this. And you have the to lime take, at the end. Well, I was going to say, and you have to take lime to shoot it. And you, it's like a process here. But vodka, vodka can mix well. I'll, I'll go with tequila. I think people say, I think I, I think it's blown out of proportion that tequila is this. Tequila shots, I'm kind of with you or not. But if you get good tequila. And, you get good tequila and you put it on ice and you put yeah, some lime, lime in there. That's, that's, no, that's, 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 that's a not nice a bad drink. That's, I, but shooting it, it was like, yeah, yeah it was awesome. Like, I, I have tried so many different ways to like this. And I just can't. And Bergman's probably going to come in here and kick the door I down. I think I know I what this. you're going to say. It's scotch. Oh, it tastes you were like, say like gasoline an IPA or something. It's it it just doesn't. And I get it. Look, all of this is matter of personal preference, right? I, I like, Emily's like I love them all. I like bourbon. <laughs> I like gin. I like vodka. I like tequila. I like wine. I like beer. I like just about. I scotch is like drinking a, a gasoline on the rocks or neat mm. or whatever. I've tried really expensive scotch. I've tried middle of the road scotch. It tastes. You should sip on awful Fireball. To me. Just Ugh, sip on that. I'd rather have you if you sit with Fireball cinnamon whiskey, which is just get out of here. Ugh. But number number, I'd rather have that than like a really good sky. I can't do it. It tastes terrible to me. I uh, can't. I I try to get myself to like any dark liquor. I just can't like any dark liquor. Even bourbon. I or mean, rye? no, no, <laughs> especially not. I just sometimes I'll have I them like in a cocktail, it. and like it's not as freaking terrible but i think i just want to go with all the light liquors kentucky mule you'll probably like that I, those are good i probably won't no have you ever <laughs> I, had it no but i probably won't like, like it. it i don't know i don't, I don't think not, so it's not too strong like it's that. not it's she likes sweet stuff yeah i like and, stuff and, that and, actually and tastes good so oh, 12 to 20 is throwing me off yeah 12's aggressive like, if, if, but I would like I to know how much of the college. twelve to twenty, like how much of is that, that is low end? like seventeen to twenty. Like, if yeah. if, if that's yeah. filled up with a bunch of twelve and thirteen year olds, we're doomed. Yeah, which which scary. it may be. I don't and know. Eleven percent. That's, that's a, a lot. It's a high percentage. That's a lot. Next question, guys. Did you see that the world record holder for golf balls owns over fifty thousand golf balls? So Dick Falensky, he stores good dude. He stores most of his golf balls in gumball machines. So, do you guys have any weird collections or something that you collected as a kid, Trav? Yeah, I mean, I think I've told. I was a baseball card guy, right? Yeah. Like I own. I that one we heard like the La Paz stuff. Yeah, I, I've I've had a million Anything of those. Else? I threw. I did. I didn't have fifty thousand of them, but there was a period in my life where I was playing a lot of golf in a lot of really nice places. And I would always buy a little like the logoed golf ball, and I and now they're in a bag in my garage somewhere. I don't know where they all are, but I'm not much of a collector kind of guy, and it's not really my jam. I don't have them anymore, but back in the day, Pogs. Oh, they were like little yeah. cardboard coins kind yeah. of thing? Is it that was what basically were? like gambling for kids, and you'd have your slammer. What were they? 
Uh, I don't even know what the hell they were. They're they're you know different themes. Some of them could be, but like physically, what were they? Like there were coins. They're not coins. They're almost what? Are they? They're not paper. I thought they're like, like cardboard. cardboardish. Yeah. yeah, cardboardish. But they're round and flat. Yeah. Like yeah. A coin. round and flat. And you would stack. Let's just use as an example. You have three. I have three. Okay. We're gonna go up against each other. Okay. You stack your three. I stack my three. Okay. Take the slammer. You'd have a slammer. Slammers. It was like uh, almost like a metal round piece as well, right? And you would hit it, hit and whatever stack. flips over, you win. So if you get two of them, those are now yours. Okay. And then you go, you flip, you get all four of them. So you just took some of the pogs that were mine. And then we're then we're then it's Russ and Pat ba- Bev time ba- right ba- there. Baby craps. They're <laughs> <laughs> just it's taking turns like an addiction. Dice. I'm like we're playing as eight. I'm I'm betting pogs. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many mugs i own i go to places i collect mugs if they look cute Mm. if i like them i have so many mugs i have had to uh scale down my mugs i think my parents have a bunch of mugs in their house that i just it's something i've collected over the years and uh it's a problem she took a couple 710 ones yeah throw it in the collection right Okay, guys, next up, you saw that the Lakers traded for one of uh, Russell Westbrook's arch enemies, Patrick Beverly. So, across all sports, if you could see two arch enemies from different teams play together on the same team, who would they be? Slee. All right, we got to think about this here for a second. You do past or present. Oh, past or present? Yeah, two guys that just hate each other's guts. Well, then I go go to Jordan, and if I want to see Jordan with Starks, or Jordan with Reggie, they hated each other. Um, Kobe really didn't have. I mean, who was Kobe's? Remember, it was Chris Childs, but that's like, what are you going to have him go up against him? That doesn't matter. Kobe and Paul Pierce, I'd never want to see play with each other. Who do you got? Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, because not not only they came so friendly, they, they did, but it took a long time. Yeah. It, it took a lot. They were mortal enemies going all the way back to college, and their games would fit incredibly well together, right? That you, that Mikhail and Rampus. Bo- both of those guys were incredibly willing to pass the ball. They both had incredible vision. They both could, you know, Larry could score like crazy, Magic a little bit less so, but Magic could get it in the basket if you needed him to. Those two, they're both huge. They're both incredible like basketball geniuses of understanding the whole puzzle at all at all times. Those two guys together might have won 77 games. <laughs> I don't know if you ever would have been able to beat a team like that. And I, I know they became very close and, yeah. and remain close to this day. They hated each other until uh what was magic went to french lick to shoot that converse commercial yep and then, after larry tore his back up and larry's his driveway mom loved larry's him mom and then, yeah. loved and she's like no and larry said no you met Irvin. i hate magic you know that there were the split personalities you know, yeah. isaiah and jordan yeah oh, they hate be, each other too yeah but yeah isaiah would have, would have helped michael a lot because michael's got to have the ball but isaiah isaiah could pass isaiah could make it happen all right um there's something happening in the National League that could be not just pretty remarkable this year, but could be catastrophic for a National League West team moving forward. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.